0: to Everything is Television. My name is Justin Blizzard. I'm joined by Keith Krepko and Rob Adams. We're currently watching AMC's Preacher, and today we're talking about Episode 5, The South Will Rise Again. And before we get into it, I want to reiterate the point that I made last week about this stupid, stupid numbering system that they're using, because... This episode is numbered as episode four, even though it's the fifth episode. I went to AMC's website to watch it, and the AMC splash screen for the episode says episode five available now, and then I click on that, and then it says season one, episode four, The South Will Rise Again, and then right below that is a bonus featurette that says... (laughs) Go behind the scenes with the cast and crew of episode five. And it's like, pick one, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, the that inconsistency of that dr- is dr- still to this moment <laughs> drives me crazy. It, and it is very dangerously close to becoming the blurry top and bottom screen of 11 for me. But this one is obviously... A little bit more uh, tan- tangible than that.
1: Right. Okay. Does that mean we get 11
0: total episodes? Exactly. That means we get to the end of the season, and it's going to be episode nine. And it's going to feel like well, there's still the one episode at. left.
2: It'll be nine or ten. It'll be nine according to them.
0: It'll be ten according to me.
2: hmm
0: The <laughs> right person. Is the Is same- this...
1: Go ahead, Rob. Is this a thing where the pilot episode isn't counted? Or is this... It, it was, count- something it, weird it was
2: number zero
1: is how they
0: counted. It
2: started it. with zero.
1: Huh.
0: So pilot is season one, episode zero. And you know, Mr. Robot did the same thing. And because we didn't watch that as it aired, it was the reason that we finished Mr. Robot when there was still two episodes left or one episode left or something.
2: Yeah, because I watched, I, I remember I watched the season after you, and then we went to talk about the finale, and you were like, oh, I didn't see that. And I was like, yeah. you didn't see the finale, and you're right. like, no, we thought we did. Yeah, and it was because the
0: numbering system was so weird that, like, and, and even Mr. Robot, it ends that second to, that, that penultimate episode, it ends on a weird moment. And mm-hmm. my wife and I were both just like, that's it? <laughs> and But ultimately, it turned out that um, the... Last episode wasn't on demand, Mm. so that's why we really didn't see it, but it was also because the numbering made me believe, like, oh, okay, they're just done. Like, I think it was eight or something, and I just thought, okay, there's only eight episodes. Very strange. Yeah. Anyways, so let's get into... uh,
2: No, 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 I want to talk about this some more. topic at hand. Let's hang out right here. Um, So let's
0: get some general impressions. Episode five, The South Will Rise Again, Keith...
2: How did you feel about the episode? It should be called The Show Will Rise Again. Wow. (laughs) Because, yeah, I actually liked it. Um, I think think for me the big thing is that they actually moved the characters and the story forward. Whether or not you like the characters or agree where they moved them, they at least moved them forward. They've progressed the story. And so I'm very thankful for that. That's my that's my quick take.
0: Okay.
1: All right, Rob, what did you think about the episode? I liked everybody this week. I liked all the all the characters, I liked all the developments. I absolutely you even like Tulip? Yes. Point for until me. The let, <laughs> until the very very end, I've complicated feelings about um how she's um treating Herself and Cassidy. Sure. Um, uh But, but yeah, I, I liked that scene where she stood in the kitchen for 10 minutes and said, this is how I feel. This is what my motivations are. And basically, like, drew a line and said, this, this is it. Yeah. yeah. I appreciated that. Thank you, writers. Um, I liked... That everything got moved forward, that everyone kind of has a direction. They may not all have stakes, Mister Keith, but they have some direction.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was weird seeing Emily pee because we, she, you know, she dropped a deuce last week, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So that that was
0: a little We're
2: strange.
1: The inside treatment of Emily.
2: And and was was her pee abnormally long because right. she gets interrupted and she goes back to peeing, right? Right. Well, that was supposed well, she, to be a joke. Yeah, but instantly
1: just, goes back to peeing right? because she was so tense.
2: Yeah, I know, I but, mean, but it just felt like she would have been wrapping up anyway. And that stream was going strong when it came back.
0: It was like a uh, League of Their Own level pee, right? Yeah, it was
2: like lifting her off the seat a little bit. I'm
1: a little curious. Do girls get gun shy like guys do? Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Like- because, you know, sometimes you can't just, you can't turn it on. I don't have that problem. With I've, never had, I've had never had either. that problem either. You know, where they can't just go or whatever. You know, there's, you'll, you stand in line at the ball game and you get up and the dude's been there a long time. Yeah. You just can't get it. He's breathing, breathing
2: heavy through his nose. Um, Maybe that's just a trope, right?
0: Because they did it in Preacher last week. Hmm. I don't know anybody who can't pee if they have to really pee. Right? If yeah. You, if no, you it, if you all of a sudden can't pee when you had to pee before, you have a blockage. Then you didn't have to pee before. That's what I'm going to say. If you someone didn't was truly watching, have you. to use the bathroom. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know anybody that can't pee because somebody's watching them. Interesting. With that being said, I have a little bit of a mixed history with peeing in public.
2: <laughs> it's a complicated. <laughs> history anyways who doesn't
1: the open was awesome
2: yeah
1: um i really like how they're progressing that story i like how we're getting tidbits and for people who haven't read the comics you know they got to see something interesting they got to see some exciting um i personally don't know the value in scalps is it because you you kill them at that point and it's kind of like a bounty and that's proof that you killed them? Is that what the scalping is
2: about? That that's my understanding. Um, it's a, it's just proof proof of uh, death, proof of okay. murder. Sure, that makes sense. And the children. What about the
1: children? Where was was that boy being raped? No, he was being forced to watch.
3: Right. right. And, forced and, to
2: watch what? What, what? was that? A premonition that he had, mm. because the the future saint of killers. He's in the saloon. He sees that boy being forced to watch either just a sexual act or a rape. He, uh, the future saint of killers rides out of town, and he passes by that wagon. Which has a little boy in it who says,
3: mm-hmm.
2: hey, see ya. That's and the boy from the original
1: cold open. Remember right. it? That, that um, invited him to eat.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, now, was that boy the same one that I'm saying in his vision when he was in the saloon? No, I don't think so. I think that he saw there was stuff going
1: down in the saloon. Okay. He leaves. The boy showed him kindness. And he didn't want that boy to be involved because it really seemed like something was happening to another child in there. Yeah. And they were making another child watch. So I, I feel like he wanted to make sure that wasn't happening to that boy.
2: Yeah. I wish that they would have spent more time on the first boy because they picked two chubby white kits. Yeah. And there wasn't enough different di- differentiation between the two. Mm-hmm. So At first, I thought, oh, he's, like, haunted by, like, future visions, you know? And he saw what is going to happen to this kid and then rode back to protect him, but his vision proved to be, like, false.
1: And I read it as pretty much just a literal, straightforward, like, one-line interpretation of it. Like, there was no, like, visions or anything like that.
2: Yep. I, I agree with you. I... I believe I was wrong. Okay, but but that's how it came off to me. Yeah, at first
0: I was confused by the whole cold open, which is why I wrote down some of my clarifying thoughts. Mm. Because going into it, I'm 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 uh assuming it. He at this point he is not yet the saint of killers. At this point, he is still just Joe uh, Joe Cowboy whose Joe family Cowboy. gets slaughtered. Right. right? Um, what do you think of
2: the episode, really quick, Justin?
0: I liked it. I thought I thought it was good, and I agree with pretty much everything you guys said. I'm just glad that it's moving forward. Mm-hmm. I, I think I don't think a ton happened, mm-hmm. but like enough enough happened, mm-hmm. and you still got progression with the characters, right. And and you
1: started to see some stuff
2: coming together. Forward.
0: Yeah,
1: I feel like there was progression this week that we haven't had in like two right, weeks. Yeah, exactly. Where there there was some actual movement in the storyline, and I and I enjoyed it and. I'm glad to hear that you guys liked it. I was scared after last week.
0: Yeah, I'll say the only thing I didn't really care for in the cold open was just how much color correction they used. Like, <laughs> yeah. it felt a little bit like when somebody uses, like, the papyrus font. You know did, what I mean? It's like you're overdoing it here. Did it like, feel a
2: little comic booky, Justin? Do you think maybe that's what they're going no, for? No, it just
0: felt kind of cheap, I think, to oh. be honest. It just felt like... I don't know. It just was too desaturated for me. It just mm-hmm. looked weird.
2: I love the, the drunk preacher who confronts him in the saloon. Uh huh. And. But was he, wasn't he
0: part of the sexual encounter stuff? Or am I see, I. see, I was really confused by the cold opening. Yeah. He told the funny, dirty
1: joke.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. I don't think he was involved in that back door stuff. Mm hmm. Not, but again, the backdoor stuff was such a flash. I don't, I don't know that right. it really means much of anything. Um, but, but I like that he was antagonistic against this guy. And his reason for being antagonistic was he never saw a man who loved killing more. It seems like that's right. the person that you'd want to be the least antagonistic towards. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. But he's like, yep. nope, this is a good guy to really lay into. Because yeah. I never saw someone love killing more. And I'm going to shoot his horse. And I'm going right. to shoot his
1: horse.
0: So let's talk about the Tulip and Cassidy scene. Rob, you mentioned it a little bit when you were talking about your general impressions of the show. So Tulip and Cassidy have this scene in Tulip's house or her uncle's house. Cassidy wakes up. Uh, and something that stuck out to me was that they really made it a point to emph- emphasize that Tulip considers... Jesse, her boyfriend, right? Or that they're in some sort of relationship, mm-hmm. despite yep. no signs of that whatsoever from Jesse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a lot more of the Carlos talk. But overall, Rob, you said you liked the scene, you liked uh how sort of I guess Tulip gets a little rattled and then she says, Don't rattle me or whatever.
1: I, I did like it. I liked that we got all the answers that no, she doesn't work at a whorehouse. Yes, that's my uncle. Um, I sometimes sleep here. All kinds of things that I've been thinking about, right? And then we also got the, all right, the garlic, the cross, the, you know, all, okay, what about the vampire tropes does this series have to deal with? And just kind of like in a funny throwaway way, it was written, okay, this is the only thing we're going to have to worry about is a little bit of sunlight. And hey, we're not taking it too seriously, you know, obviously. You know, it's just a little bit, you know, he's got to wear the sunglasses or whatever. So I think that was a cheeky way of doing that. I thought that was fun. Um, And I liked seeing into Tulip a little bit more. um, Her motivations, what drives her and basically just how she is. It is a little strange how much she believes Jesse is her boyfriend. Um, She's
2: a little too insistent.
1: And does it I started thinking, okay, is does this series turn into basically like a salvation story for for Tulip, you know, because she wants to do these bad things and she always wants Jesse to be bad. Jesse wants to be good. Does it eventually turn into something where he's going to try and save
3: her? Or you guys don't see that. No, I think that could be there
2: know. i think I think that she protests too much in her claims of being heartless and and bad, and it, we we haven't really seen it
0: right well, something that i she just seems a little immature to me and I, it, it it just seems like i don't know I don't know if it's if it's how it's being written or what, but her character just seems a little immature, like like you said she's just she's proclaiming too much about jesse she's proclaiming too much about other things it just and rob back to your point the thing that i'm worried about i can definitely see the saving tulip thing but the thing i'm worried about is a lost love triangle right one of the things that happened in lost that i hated that i i didn't hate i just didn't care for it all was the love triangle between Jack and Kate and Sawyer. Sure. Yeah. And it just, and, and, and at a certain point, it seemed like that started to overwhelm the show. And it just was like, there are other things about this show that I'm way more interested in. It lost and preacher than a love triangle between three of the characters.
1: She didn't show any type of emotion towards Cassidy. This It's all just right. like a means to an end. Yeah. Hey, we're in love, you know, I, I, robbed this. Did she rob the store? Or did she, you know, like, puss out right before? And I don't know. I'm not sure how she would have gotten the drugs otherwise. But she mm-hmm. got him drugs somehow, right? But they were in a little a little pill bottle, like a prescription bottle. And when you rob them, they give you them in a <laughs> prescription bottle. See, I'm not clear on exactly what happened there. She took her time to properly fill out the prescription, <laughs> right? I, Put I, on I, the I, correct I, labeling. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was just weird. Um, the the motivation there is, I know. I said, hey, we have all of. Um, tulip's motivations, and now I'm not exactly sure why she's using it. Is that to push Jesse forward? The triangle thing—I'm not sure if it'll work out because obviously Cassidy's into her. She's into Jesse, and I guess Jesse's into Cassidy because he just wants to be buds. <laughs> sure,
2: yeah. I mean, I—I I, I don't know. Point. Well, I think I think that you you might be right to an extent, but at the same time, we we have to be anticipating. A downward trajectory for Jesse right? Yeah, because Jesse's not going to just continue rising as a preacher in this town. He, at some point, is going to hit a, hit a crisis mm-hmm. and is going to go against being the preacher in, in, in how he is now. So if Tulip is on a redemption arc. At some point, Jesse is going to go the opposite way. And I don't think that they would cross those stars that directly. So I can see your point, but I but I think Jesse's arc negates a redemption arc for Tulip, at least in the first season. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that we 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 might sure. come back. Or she might get midway. She might just come to terms that, Jesse isn't the bad boy that he used to be, but his mission is bad enough that she can get on board with it, which is basically going to involve God in some way, shape or form. Mm
1: -hmm. What I'm really curious about is what is going to break and snap and change to make him, you know, to turn this into the, the preacher story that we know where he's going to try and find God somehow like that we all think that is going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. What is going to be, what is going to move the story and change it so much that that's going to happen? So I kind of had a thought. I had a thought that if you're listening to this and you would like to earn points, you can send in your, your theories and, and possibly earn points. We will put it on the board for you, (laughs) put it on the board.
3: (laughs)
0: The non-existent, as of now, board.
2: And potentially earn you valuable points. Podcast points. Well, I would like to put in mine. Please. And say that part of what I think is going to spiral out of control is going to be all the people that Jesse was kind of rapid-firing advice to. It's not going to go well. Now, that could either be because the power that is in him is corrupt. And that it's giving corrupt, you know, kind of um, not advice, but 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 corrupt motivation mm-hmm. to the people that's influencing because Alava has been really bad. And there's something ominous about the couple that he dealt with right before being interrupted in, in the uh, diner where he was like he told them to be patient and, and mm. use their best judgment. Right. And they seemed way too happy with that and ran off to do God knows what, but not good. And I think think part of it might be, it might be too simplistic to say that he's going to want the power out of him. The angel won't be able to do it. And he's going to go try and confront God to get the power out of him or to destroy the power. Either that or God is going to exp- like, like like expose his plan on Jesse and Jesse's not going to like whatever God tries to use what he's been doing for. There's my guess.
1: All right. You keep working on that theory. Yeah. And, it petered um, out at the end. Just, <laughs> it, it was good. It was good until I, I can't write that down and put it on the board. <laughs> all right well the people the people
2: are going to spiral out of control jesse's advice is bad
1: and you th- and that's going to be the catalyst to make him go after god
2: and that will be the catalyst that i i feel like there's something else i'll be working on because there's i'm missing a piece that's a piece though that's a big that piece. that
1: is absolutely a piece because he hasn't get i don't know that he hasn't given good advice yet but he hasn't gotten a good response to any of his advice yet. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: The Hugo and Eugene scene was um, probably my favorite scene. I, I I want to like, I want to say of the entire series because everybody knows I'm a huge Eugene fan, right? Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And, and I really liked how the whole, that whole scene played out. I really liked the, the reference to the Eugene of the comic who was an absolutely terrible racist asshole. Mm -hmm. And there was the, when he went into the garage, there was the black lawn jockey, the guy holding the little, what is the little light. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a reference to his racism where he doesn't like the Martians and the, and the other, you know, other stuff, terrible, terrible person. And we've seen hints of him being uh, somewhat racist, right? In the series, but not to the extent that it has been in the comic. Right, right. Um, so, we're we're starting out, uh, like, it's starting to build, alright? I don't like Hugo Root. And then, that scene where he says, maybe you should have just finished the job. When he said that to Eugene, I almost jumped out of my couch and I just wanted to go into the TV <laughs> and really really just take him out because all of that stuff together I just you know now I absolutely hate Hugo Root just like I hated him in the comic mm-hmm. and I think that's awesome um I'm getting very overprotective of Eugene. I I understand that, but he he's my boy. Yeah. And um I just love him.
2: You two have a touching thing Going on Thanks. this season, dude. I would hang out with Eugene.
1: Yeah, it definitely felt
2: a
0: little, um, kind of felt out of nowhere. I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess I can go back to the episodes in my mind and identify the moments where you see it's building with, with Root, with Hugo. Uh, but it still felt a little abrupt. Well, with I him mean, yelling at his son.
2: But, but. They they have kind of introduced it when they were spinning their wheels, because he Eugene said something about going to visit, you know the the girl, and Hugo warns him not to. And so this yeah. is this is kind of the fallout of that. So I mean I agree that maybe the outburst seems a little quick, but they have a addressed it i think they have they, they have set it up a little bit so it wasn't completely out of left field no yeah um and can i just say
0: eugene is not supposed to be mentally handicapped right because i don't know what rational thinking person would make an omelet and then flip it over and then just put a single slice of Kraft American cheese <laughs> in the flipped over omelet and be like, I put cheese on your omelet. <laughs> right. That seemed a little short-sighted.
2: <laughs> right. That's a, although it's interesting that you say that because I did get the get the sense in the comics, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, but that the um, shotgun blast to his face did make Eugene... A sweeter person. Yes, it did. It did change his character. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, but
0: that is—is is that just like yeah. the trauma of the event,
2: or is yes. that brain damage? No, no. I think I think that's well. I think I I'm I, just like unnervingly positive right and sweet. Right, and it also allows him to put craft American cheese, <laughs> an omelet. <laughs> it affected that part of his brain too.
0: Uh, there's also, there's a scene, so we get a little bit of uh, Jesse using his powers. Uh, right before the Hugo, right before the Hugo and Eugene scene, you see him in the diner with, is her name, her name's Emily? Yes. And, uh, and then this strange group of teenagers who are hanging out in a diner. Ranking the, <laughs> the gospels. gospels. Decide to call him over. And I just thought that was such a strange, like that to me was felt very like, all right, we need to get the ball rolling here. And we'll just have some teenagers ranking the gospels. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if that has ever happened,
1: right? I was curious on Keith's um idea of which is better.
2: Right. In terms of the gospels. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on what you're going for, but I think they I think they were right. I think generally speaking, you're going to find the people like John, because John is the most relatable, um, gospel, uh, and so I think, and and that's generally like what people say, start with John. If you got questions about, you know, Christianity and Jesus, start with John. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the fan favorite, um, so actually they were they were very authentic in their research to pull out John. <laughs> Those kids uh were were right the ball. For my money, um I would take Luke. But uh, mm-hmm. what do I know? Um so yeah, I know I think that, that was I think that, that was just the humor of the show peeking through, you know, and <laughs> To me, it kind of shows you how far they're willing to go in sacrificing tone. Sure. Because it's basically like
0: the teenagers ranking the Gospels was a joke.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it was a joke. And I think it was like, this is never happening. a joke. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, exactly. Who cares? Yeah. And I think that they're willing to kind of play fast and loose with their universe if they see a good joke sitting in front of them or whatever.
0: So we get a little bit of uh, insight into Donnie and his wife's relationship. So Donnie's the guy who had his arm broke, uh, Quinn Cannon's right hand man, abusive father. Can we go back to
1: my man Eugene just for a second? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So he. um, Did you guys notice, especially Justin? I was thinking about you. Did you did you notice the slurp?
3: Mm, he he was question. like
1: he was talking, talking, talking. Yeah. <laughs> there was this big slurp. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I did.
2: I noticed that.
1: I think uh, I'm becoming desensitized. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I just wanted to give myself a point because I th- I okay. It's not clear yet, but I believe that Eugene, when Eugene went to see Tracy, yeah. it was during church yeah. because everybody else was at church. So he knew that they would be there, and that's when he went to talk to her. Right. Yep. Yeah, I think All that's right, pretty clear. So. I think you nailed that one. Rock and roll. So
0: Donnie is, and his wife, Keith, I think you had the most insight into this relationship after the first episode when they had the strange uh, interaction between Jesse and the woman at the uh, bank. No, she works for Cannon. Right. And she's asking her because the kid comes to Jesse says, my dad hits my wife. So he goes, mm-hmm. talks to her. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, no, I like it. Right. Uh, so what did you. So, so so we're getting this. So we're getting a little bit. So Donnie seems to be uh, like. Has he just has he just like uh, been transformed by having Jesse use the power on him?
2: Yeah. And, and I, I wanted to say I want my point. Sure. For uh, sure. For her but uh yeah so i think um I, I i think he is because up until this point we've gotten nothing mm-hmm. but bully 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 right.
0: and now we're getting this guy is tortured all of a sudden by and and we're also getting a little bit of uh i feel like we're getting a little bit of the beginnings of uh Um, the, the, the town is going to start putting together what's going on story Mm -hmm. story storyline, right? Like Jesse's using his power at this point. So willy nilly that everyone's going to band together and be like, Hey, he told me to do this and he told me Mm -hmm. to do this. And yeah, he told me to do this. And everyone's like, Oh, wait a minute. He's doing something funny.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I feel like for, for him, it's been a slow reveal that he is not. As in control as he was set out to be, you know. Um, whether that was, whether that's just a subversion of the character, like we're gonna make you think that this is the big bad of the season, or not the big bad, but maybe more of a of a force of of ill will than he is. He's pretty much been declawed, right? At this point, he's just now kind of a a pathetic joke yeah when he's on this on the screen um so i i don't know i i guess you can you know you can be invested in that to like think it's funny what they did with him Mm -hmm. i'm ambivalent about the guy um i don't have feelings either way about him as a character although (coughs) you you kind of hit it i think it's Interesting. They feel. At first, I thought he was fearful mm-hmm. when he was asking Quinn Cannon. You know, what did he say to you?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I thought he was fearful, but then he seems, yeah, tormented by, by either the memory or like the residual effect of being controlled. Right. Right.
0: Exactly. He seems to be traumatized by the fact that somebody made him do something exactly
1: that he didn't want to. That he had literally no control over. Exactly. So I have a couple of feelings about Donnie. Um, I think we're still going to see him in the bully role when he's not around his wife and when he when he's not behind, like like we're not supposed to see that stuff. Right. So he hasn't shown that that she's in control in any other sense. It's just when, you know, when they're alone and when no one else can see. So I think we're still going to see him as the bully type character. Um, when he is talking about you know we're talking to Kincan Ken Cannon, you know what did what did he say to you, that kind of thing, he also mentioned the bus driver right Yeah, and I'm not sure how he figured out or knew that something had happened with the bus driver because well, we haven't seen anything else like from him. He had that one interaction where he was trying to get on the
0: bus, right? He had one interaction with the bus driver and I'm even at the time, I'm not sure how he could tell that something he could just, I guess that's it. He, he could just sort of feel that something had changed about the bus driver, but it was maybe an episode, I guess it was the last episode, (laughs) right? Because it was episode two where Jesse went to visit the bus driver.
1: But Mm. Emily had mentioned that people knew that he went and paid the, the bus driver a visit. But I, mean, I don't know that anybody knows what he said or mm-hmm. what the visit was about. Yeah, he, so he's Donny's putting it together, right? Exactly.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Can he? Can Jesse just say, "Forget about that"? Can he say, "Forget about me"? Can he say something like that and turn mm-hmm. it off? I mean, can it be that lame, or do you think uh, Donny's really gonna like bring people against him? And what, when he, sorry, when he said, when Kin Cannon said he told me to serve God, you know, was that enough that Donnie's going to know that there's something going on? Well, he will by next episode.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I guess guess so.
3: Yeah, you're
1: right.
0: So, yeah, we get the first glimpse of Kin Cannon serving God by being super ultra polite to the mayor. Donnie's also in the room. Uh and we get a little bit more of it by the end. I guess just to stitch the two scenes together. What is so do so, so do you, either of you have any sort of speculation on uh Kin Cannon's motivations for shooting everyone at the end? Obviously it's a part of the serving God command.
2: Right. What What I think is interesting and what my take on it was, is that they're basically taking everything literal. So, if you told Ted Bundy to serve God, how would Ted Bundy serve God? Right. You know, and so, Kin Cannon, in serving God, it doesn't fundamentally change who he is. It's just now filtering a directive from God. Right. Which he can, you know, make fit. Like, I need to violently overthrow these people and take their... I mean, I don't know what his plan is now. Like, is he going to do a violent coup of that company and, like, take over what they're doing and bring it to the town? And what does he say at the end? He said, grow or die? Something right. like that? Grow, grow or die.
0: Which is something that the mayor said to him in their last meeting, I guess. hmm So I'm guessing that plays into it somehow. I'm not yeah, I sure mean, what it means.
2: I, I don't see him as killing them as a sign to say, I don't want you here. I see it as he's trying to incorporate what they're doing into his, into his thing now. You know, right. And so the best way for me to do it is like I kill all them, I take over their company, and I start doing good work here, using their stuff. That's that's the Lord's work, you know.
3: Or was it something maybe more a little
1: more simplistic? Back to the Ted Bundy, I am God, so I need to serve my needs, and these people are a threat to my power business. So let's get them here. Let's get rid of them. And now I do what
3: is best for me. I, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Sort of, I mean, that that's the thing. And is like this this vague, these vague directives that Jesse just feels so comfortable throwing out is another thing that was frustrating me. That now I'm glad to see, you know, these, um, you know, implications coming home to Root's. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause finally Jesse's going to realize like, I need to be careful, dummy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, it will be interesting, um, to see how Kin Cannon, you know, explains himself next episode.
1: Are you glad that they didn't, the writers aren't letting us determine that these are all bad situations and that they actually have a character? where Donnie's going to be like pointing this stuff out to the audience. Uh, I, th-
0: you know, I'm not, I, I feel like with Donnie, it could get a little over the top, but you know, I'm not really sure. I The way I see it playing out with Donnie is Donnie putting this stuff together. Sort of leading the charge. Maybe people don't believe him because they think it's just a vendetta against the guy that beat him up against, you know, because if he got beat up, first of all, but he never gets beat up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But I mean, ultimately, for that to move forward, I see... I see sort of Jesse being forced out of the town in order for that story to move forward. Like, like he can't just sit in the, in Anvil and keep giving out these sort of meaningless platitudes over and over again. Cause the story won't go anywhere. I mean, it has to go somewhere and he's obviously not getting the sign that this isn't good. Right. Right like he did the funeral for the guy that cut his own heart out and yet a week <laughs> or weeks later he's yeah, just he's out still- there giving out more advice Exactly, like he doesn't see seems pretty oblivious to it and not just oblivious he's like on top of the world right he's like in the best mood best mood he's ever been um somebody pointed out on uh the subreddit that he's uh and i don't know how much i i, th- I think this is a, a nice touch that When he goes out to meet Eugene outside of the diner, he's whistling the whole time, right? Like, he's on top of the world. He's whistling the whole time. And Eugene, obviously, because of what he did to himself, is somebody that can't whistle, right? So it just just goes to show kind of how he's not really taking into consideration his—not just his powers, but, like, the situations he's using them in. You know what I mean? He's just not aware of his surroundings anymore.
1: Right. Can we talk about that scene? The, um,
0: yeah. When so let's talk about that and, and also about the confrontation that happens with Eugene and Tracy's mother. Yeah, that whole, that whole scene there when yeah. um, Jesse took him. So he talks to Eugene, and then I think they just go right to Tracy's house. Tr- Tracy's the girl, right? They go right to Tracy's yep. house. And uh, the mother sees Eugene in the car and immediately flips her lid and starts smashing in Jesse's truck, which at this point, the steering wheel's been taken off. It's, that truck has taken a pretty decent beating, right? Um, so, Rob, how did you feel about that whole confrontation? Did you well, feel like it was, it was
1: cathartic at all for you? I thought it was interesting because Jesse kept trying to use the word and then she kept finding another way. Right. To attack him,
3: mm-hmm.
1: so we've all we've wondered and talked about. You know what can this power do? What can't this power do? I thought it was that it was cool to see her. He had to go, you know, through several steps before he could get her to stop. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what you mean by was it cathartic for me when she
0: forgives Eugene and like he finally gets a little bit of relief. Because, I mean, up until this point, everybody in the town hates Eugene. Gotcha. I mean, he even brings it up with Jesse, and Jesse can't say no.
1: All he says is, well, I don't hate you. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, the wrong thing. Like, what a jerk. Right. Come on, so, Jesse. So
0: even though it's forced and coerced, he still appears to get some forgiveness.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't know that it's forced. He doesn't right. know that yet. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess it was... It may have been more touching if she had actually forgiven him. Right. We kind of know that she doesn't. So maybe not the the great scene, you know, that I'm hoping to eventually maybe get. Mm-hmm.
0: I was a little confused at how it was supposed to take the heat off of Hugo, because the whole impetus of the scene was that. Eugene wanted some relief for his father, despite the horrible thing that he just said to him. And so Jesse was like, I'll take care of it. And then he just immediately takes Eugene over to Tracy's house. Right. And even then, even, and there's even a tag at towards the end of the scene where Jesse was like, he said something. I don't, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like I don't understand how this all of a sudden like is going to. I,
2: I don't think that, that Jesse's as concerned with Hugo as he is with Eugene. Yeah, that's I, a good point. Yeah, I think that he basically was like, Eugene, I'm tired of seeing you trying to, you know, prove yourself to someone who doesn't care about you. So I'm going to go try and help you. But again, it kind of, you know, it, it makes you think like these are the questions that I have, which is. How much time and effort have the writers given to thinking through Jesse's character versus once you see the episode and you're like able to pick apart, you know, all these contradictions in a character. How much of it is just like they they didn't foresee, you know, Jesse being so ignorant in the way that he dealt with his power. Mm. Like He's not being thoughtful at all. You know, let me just bring you over to the uh this girl's house, who you apparently helped put in this coma mm-hmm. with someone who hates your guts and let me just like allow this truck to get destroyed and then try to resolve it through just throwing stuff out mm-hmm. until I just tell her like you know forgive you or whatever it it just it's none of it is thought out in any way that's like if I had that power, I would immediately think of all the stories from childhood of people having great power and not understanding it or abusing it. And mm-hmm. Jesse just doesn't think that way at all. And it just, it's either they're, they're, they didn't foresee it or they're, they're doing something with it,
1: you know? I think they're intentionally writing him this way so that he just he's got that cocky smile. He's like, I'm going to fix this. Mm-hmm. And of course he... Breaks everything he touches. Um, and he doesn't notice yet. It's like, what, it's what's
2: going to have to break for him to finally notice? Exactly. I, th- I think this might be it. I think, I think that we're going to see some unintended consequences from this mm-hmm. uh, event, too.
0: So Jesse's Breaking Bad, quote-unquote, will be inspired in some way from uh, Eugene.
2: Yeah, or, or what, what's going to come from this. Surrounding the Eugene situation. Surrounding Eugene, sure. yes.
0: And which I also think is appropriate since Eugene is his sort of uh, spiritual mirror, right? Uh-huh. E- Eugene That's voices his spiritual concerns. Yeah. Uh, Cassidy, and so uh, Tulip, in order to, uh, I'm assuming, get Jesse's attention... Sleeps in a very <laughs> brief scene. Sleeps with Cassidy. A very brief and disturbing scene. Yeah, I it's not sleep. It was that's the wrong right. euphemism. It, it was not like it was filmed in a way that felt very uh, rapey. You know what I mean? Like it was not like.
2: Well, it, it was. It was. It was filmed in a way to show her dis. Disple- like she is completely
0: disengaged. Yes, completely disengaged, and it just was like, I guess the whole just thinking about the whole thing is just dis- is disturbing. Mm-hmm. Like the act in of it of itself and the planning and all of that. But just like, I think they probably would have been better served not showing it and letting the audience wonder whether or not she ever did sleep with Cassidy. You
1: know what I mean? <sighs> I have a note here from Kate and it was about this specific scene and okay. um, I'm, I'm going to read it and then we can talk about it. It says, I don't get why they set up Tulip to get the, to be this badass woman. And now they're making her into a character who is pining away for her ex and, and robbing drugstore and giving up the goods in a car clearly not doing it for her own pleasure. The tool from episode one or zero or whatever, which is funny because we don't (laughs) know what episode that is, right? (laughs) Would have said F off to Jesse when he backed out on the revenge mission and taking care of business herself. Now it seems she's buying Cassidy's help with pills and a piece of ass, and I don't like it. And that is exactly how I felt. Like this, I liked the whole episode until that scene. I just, it was gross to me how... She, like, has no respect, you know, like, no respect for herself. Like, like, there's no self-respect in that situation. You know, she's using Cassidy to get some, like, is it to get Jesse's attention? Is it to go and get Carlos or whatever? Um, I just, I, I think, I think Kate's right first off, because Tulip is supposed to be a badass. And she has been everywhere. And then I guess you could say in a way, you know, she's using her body to get what she wants. And that that's badass, maybe. But that kind of feels like a cop-out. Like they're writing her wrong in this, in this particular situation. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what she does with this. Because if if you think about how previous stories like this have spun events like that, it's it's a a female character doing it out of of uh, frustration, usually, you know, as just like a a negative act to release their negative feelings and then they just kind of maybe throw it in the face of the person they were trying to get a rise out of, you know? Well look what I did. I slept with this idiot, you know? I hope they don't do that. But how else could you spin that? that event there's not very many other ways to spin it you know um
1: and it seems to needlessly complicate the whole relationship of the three
2: yeah it kind of it kind of ex, expands and extends this kind of cassidy's in it for himself idea that they introduced you know two episodes ago when you see him kind of working for the angels and not really looking out for jesse because he's just basically getting the angels to give him stuff. Mm-hmm. He's not. Like he tried to warn Jesse. But he's not really trying, trying to help. Mm-hmm. He had the sense that he could move on from this pretty easily. And Tulip just seems like another. You know another experience for him to have. Like he doesn't care. Um, so he is kind of ex- extending that feeling about Jesse's. Or, or uh, Cassie's ambivalence ultimately towards Jesse or, or his misplaced intentions of thinking he's a friend and helping when really he's just trying to trying to have a good time or mm-hmm. do things for himself. Um, but yeah, you know, beyond that, th- there's not much to take from the scene. I hope they surprise me, but I don't I don't see how. In Cassidy's
1: defense, he doesn't know that Jesse's supposed to be the boyfriend, right? He should know uh, I don't think he's supposed to know.
2: You don't think he's supposed to know at all no. from Mm-mm. from textural clues? I don't think so.
0: Have they had scenes together, Cassidy and Tulip and Jesse? Has Jesse has had any scenes where he's talking to Cassidy about Tulip I mean Tulip she's and vice she, versa.
2: cassidy has been there with Tulip, you know, and and, he, at the church at different sermons and Jesse has but he has made no yeah. Like,
1: I don't know. I'll concede. I'll concede the point to you guys. I I just. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's where they're gonna take it, but it just. It seems like. It seems pointless.
0: What I find interesting about the situation they've gotten themselves in with Tulip is that her biggest criticism in the in the comic is that her character was just a sort of misogynist view of a woman, right? (laughs) Right. And with the beginning of the series, the television series, and the first couple episodes, it appeared that they had gone so far out of their way to get away from that by making her so independent. And yet, five episodes in, you're right back in the same spot where everything she is doing and has done up until this point is purely to get Jesse back. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is a complete conflict with how they set up her character in the first couple of episodes. Yep. And that's why I wrote down in the notes, I feel like her character would be a lot more interesting as it's written, even if she's still performing over the top or whatever, if she just wasn't around so much, if she maybe made an appearance here and there, and then... Backed off and did her thing until she saw Jesse going down a bad path and then swooped in and took her chance. But so far, all we've seen is literally every single time she appears, she's doing something to get Jesse back.
2: Yeah. The only positive thing that I could take from that is that she's done something different. She's done something to maybe hurt her ability to get Jesse back. So, The next conversation is not going to be her being like, Jesse, you're a bad boy, remember? I know you're bad. Come, let's get Carlos. (laughs) You know? It's going to be a different conversation, which I'm at least grateful for.
1: You guys think she stole the money? The bank money? Uh, Not the bank money. The The church church money?
0: money? I never even made the connection until you brought it up just now. (laughs) So... The So Emily, at the beginning of the episodes, asks Jesse to bring in the, what are they
2: called? The tithes?
0: Yeah, but she calls them something different. Offerings. The offerings. Said. That's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of.
2: And
1: I guess it's not there? Well, she, they they make a point to show her with a lot of cash mm-hmm. in that bank bag. And then she goes to use the bathroom. Ah, and then we, yeah. then we see Tulip close the door and then she's gone so we we don't know if she took point. the money or not that's good point. i think it's too easy to take the money and then it seems lazy to write her to take that money but then i can't see much of a, of a reason to have the rest of that scene you know emily on the toilet and sure. the and everything else unless it was I mean, why else get those two together?
2: Yeah.
0: So let's talk about the angels and Jesse scene. The angels finally get out of their motel room. They (laughs) don't ever have to answer the heaven phone. But like the tulip scene we get earlier on, where she's giving you some definitive answers to some questions we've had, the angels start giving some definitive answers. They say they're do
1: they say they're angels? They say they're from heaven.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Uh, they they say that one of them is an angel, right? But they're kind of like a little bit cagey about LeBlanc, about whether or not he's an angel. Mm-hmm. You remember that scene? Yeah.
0: Yeah. They and they 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 uh, t- they lay out to Jesse more or less why they're there. They want the thing from him to go back into the old timer coffee can where it lives. <laughs> And that the thing in him is
1: not God as Jesse thought it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I
3: thought
1: that was pretty interesting and pretty cool, especially for non, um, non comic readers. Yes. You know, so that they can know, you know, definitively it it is not God.
0: Right. Yeah. So any further thoughts on that scene? I mean, there's not much, but we do to get some definitive answers. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Again, I'm just grateful for the answers. Yeah. I'm just grateful that, we're, we're, we're going forward with this stuff. I don't yet see how they're using the angels in the plot. I don't know what function they're serving because one of the problems is that they are still overly goofy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I don't get menace from them yeah. enough. And so I don't.
0: Well I mean is, are they supposed to be menacing? Well that well that, that's the thing. They're I don't not, know. They're not necessarily trying to hurt Jesse as much as they're trying to get Well they came after him with a chainsaw. Genesis back. But that's what but that's why I said last episode I think that just stems from their lack of knowledge. Exactly. So I mean I don't think it's a, a as ill-intended as cutting somebody yeah, with so, a chainsaw. So so, so I mean
2: do do you see them partnering with Jesse in the show? Do you see that happen? Like what function are they going to disappear? Are they going to become like non goofy and threatening Mm -hmm. or are they going to partner with Jesse? I could
1: see them partnering with Jesse because once they answer that phone and then they can say, look, you know, shit's going to happen. stuff is going to happen. And either we get this out of you together you know, or, or bad, terrible things, you know, are going to come. I, I, I don't know. Well, and they also made it a point to say
0: that they knew Jesse had been using the power when they told mm, yes. him not to. Or at that's least true. they
1: told Cassidy to tell him not to.
0: Yeah. So that's interesting.
1: What was the exact quote? It was, that was a little bit um, menacing, the quotes they used when they said we were talking about his power.
2: Didn't they, they, they referenced the power, right? It's not what you... It's not as, as generic as, like, it's not what you think it is, but, but it had that implication, right? Like, you, yeah. you basically don't know what you're doing, and it's not as benevolent as you think it is.
0: Uh, I don't know if we have much to say about this Gizmodo article, but I did want to mention it just because it's a quick read. It's an interesting read, but there was a Gizmodo article about why no one is talking about Preacher. And I think it's sort of, I think the answer it comes to is that up until this point, there hasn't been much to talk about, first of <laughs> all, outside of the pilot, which was great. Everything since then has been more or less uh, static world building. And I think another thing that, you know, I, I don't know if this is how much harm this will do to the show permanently, but... You think about when the show started Game of Thrones was wrapping up. So last this last episode was during the Game of Thrones finale. The mm-hmm. episode before that was during Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. So it's like it hasn't had a lot of it's had or it has had a lot of competition. Like the most viewed NBA Finals in like the past 20 years. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> do you think that will be like permanent a permanent damage to the show? Like permanent harm? Or do you think it's just not a big deal?
2: I think that they've they it's it's basically like um a runner who starts off the blocks really great mm-hmm. and then purposefully twists their own ankle <laughs> and then tries to continue like there's no, there's, there's no excuse for episodes three and four.
0: What if the excuse is, though, look, we know the finals are still going on. We know Game of Thrones is going on. So we'll get this boring stuff out of the uh, way first. And then once that other stuff is out of the way, we'll have all the exciting stuff that everyone wants to talk
2: about. But, but I think that's what DVR and the Internet's there for. Like, people will watch your show. Like they'll get around to it. They might not yeah. watch it live, but if you don't give them something, then again, it's anecdotal, but I talked to a friend today who's done with it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's not going to watch anymore. He Even after episode
1: five. Huh? Even after episode five. Yeah.
2: Episode five. He basically said, yeah, it was better, but wasn't enough. So, I mean, I just don't, I don't think that, I think that they relied too much on, their setup. I think they thought, hey, we got a vampire. Hey, we got this like, you know, badass woman. And we've got the preacher with this crazy power. Like, we got it, guys. Done. Mm -hmm. And they didn't they they didn't push themselves early on. I think they just relied on everyone being like, oh my goodness, there's angels and there's a, a vampire and there's a you know and it's just not that's not enough, you know people need something more to connect them and it's it's still a beautiful looking show, but man, episodes three and four it just felt like cutting room floor stuff mm-hmm. that was just pieced together and just kind of kept people going, but didn't didn't show a a perspective or a drive to it, you know. It may be arse-colored,
1: tinted glasses. If
2: rose-tinted
1: glasses, <laughs> right. arse-tinted glasses. Sure. But I think he, it may be hyperbole, but I think Eugene could stand out as one of the lasting characters, kind of like, not exactly Walter White, but maybe Jesse Pinkman. You know, maybe, um, I, I forget the dude. He was also in Better Call Saul, the, the grumpy guy. The people you like to Mike Ermintrout. Right? The, the people you talk about and you, and you think about, and even when the, like when the episodes aren't on, that's what you're talking about. That's what you're thinking about. For me, I'm thinking about Eugene and our and the guy who wrote the Gizmodo article is right. We should be talking around the, about this with people that aren't specifically on a preacher podcast, but nobody else I know is watching it really, you know, except for a couple friends here and there. Um, I'm not listening to six preacher podcasts. You know, I listen to hours and, and that's really it. Um, you'd think that there'd be, it was such a phenomenon, the comic book. Mm-hmm. You'd think that there would, there would be more to it. And I think they have a good foundation and I hope it's not broken and wasted on, you know, going up against game of thrones in the nba you know Mm. that that would really really be terrible what really scared me is that they said it has not been picked up for season two which is a little bit crazy to me and i don't know a lot about ratings but the ratings didn't seem great because i don't know what um is game of thrones doing like gangbusters
2: oh the the, the game of thrones finale was like the highest rated viewed episode i think they ever did
1: Okay, all right. So that's gone. Let's sweep that out of the way. Let's think about Preacher. Hopefully they'll they'll do something um, occasionally with Walking Dead. They'll do a hey, catch up on this this weekend and and we'll show you all the episodes. Unfortunately, for the next six Sundays, Walking Dead is they're going to do the all six seasons of the Walking Dead. So it's not like they can piece that in. You know to help boost preacher. Yeah. Right. So I'm not sure what they're going to do there. Um, Fear the Walking Dead is objectively terrible. That <laughs> got a second season, so there's there's hope for that. Um, what Helen Wheels got
2: three and a half,
1: but that's a good show.
2: And Turn,
1: Turn. I liked the first season. I stopped, but that's keep that's going right. Yeah. Um, that got they ter- don't,
2: that's terrible viewing numbers. They um, they don't give
1: up on their shows like, like Fox would. But is this show costing a lot of money? Like, is it expensive to make?
2: Doesn't seem like it. It's one location.
1: <laughs> Wait, right, they aren't... Part of the reason they're in Anvil mm-hmm. for so long is because they can't afford to do the road trip. Right. But if if we ever want the road trip, I guess it's going to cost money and they're going to need more... More views or something. I, I'm not sure how to do it or how to get there, but I, I feel like there's something here, I, and I don't know why people aren't watching it. I, I get that two and three sucked, or was it three and four? Three and four sucked, um, but five was pretty
2: good, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And I I see momentum. Like I I can see them yeah, pulling. Yeah, I can see the build. Yeah, I can see this pulling together and really being a great. Uh, first season run but they need to they need to hit the ground running next episode and they keep i i I just keep getting the sense of like this self-satisfaction that like look how crazy we are but they they're not doing anything crazy Mm -hmm. they have crazy characters but they haven't done anything crazy yet you know you think once that one of those things happens that's when
1: people start to pay attention.
2: Yeah, I think, you know. When we have our red wedding. Exactly. Like, I think subvert. Do something with the story, right? Cut Ned's head off. And have there be stakes and consequences. And, you know, root your show in something. But for now, it's still like, it's goofy and kind of funny. And I'm not getting a lot of menace from it yet. All the menace has been subverted, you know and kin cannon has done something now and he could now he could really take this show and start moving us forward yeah and and i hope they do i hope they just go full tilt and we start seeing some crazy stuff um and we and we don't pull back into you know you're bad i'm bad we're all bad trust me you know
1: you know it wasn't uh, the first season of breaking bad. It was okay. It wasn't until what midway through the second where it really got to be must see TV. I mean, it was all right, but it wasn't the first season wasn't great. Yeah. First season of walking dead. Wasn't great.
2: Neither um, were two, three, four and five
1: <laughs> but walking dead season two. I'll fight you for that one. <laughs> that walking dead season two was, was fantastic. Um, and I can't. Re- I have a hard time placing exactly when Breaking Bad clicked for me, but it wasn't the first season. I mean, it was all right.
2: Yeah, here's hoping. Yeah,
1: yeah. buddy. I want a podcast next year about Preacher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thanks for listening to Everything Is Television. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or the Google Play Store. Uh, you can go to our website. It is EIpodcast.com.
2: Podcasts.
0: No, No, I believe the website is eipodcast.com. Okay. And you can follow the show on Twitter at EIPodcasts with an S.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at blizzard with nine Zs. I'm at things come right. I'm at shiny underscore Rob. (laughs) You can find all of that information in the show notes for the uh, or in the podcast app that you're listening to this on as long as as well as my email. Uh, we would love to hear feedback from you. And uh, send in your theories for valuable podcast points. That's right. Send in your <laughs> theories. What were the theories supposed to be about again? Oh, uh, why Jesse goes bad.
1: What? Yeah. What's going to change? What's going to make the what's the change? Yeah. Let's see Not it. why he goes bad necessarily, but why? Um. How is this story gonna change from Jesse trying to be good to trust Jesse trying to find God?
3: Okay.
0: All right, so yeah, again, you can find all that stuff in the show notes or at the website eipodcast.com. Thanks for listening and we will see you next week.
3: You're out